What's up gamers? Welcome to the Racial Diversity Gaming Hour episode 26. That's right, last week we had episode 25 with Dane joining in all the way from Korea. Oh my goodness, that was fun. Um, this week we have a special guest as well. But before I introduce him, I'd like to introduce the rest of the most racially diverse gaming cast on the internet today, beginning with the original Ben Sterling. How are you, Ben? I am pretty good, thank you, and you? How I'm, are you doing? I'm pretty good as well, dude. I'm tired. I've been working all week. Uh, but that, like, but I'm your job, your job does sound quite tiring, to be honest. It's tiring. I, I'm an entertainment escort for Universal. No, I am not a stripper. Um, <laughs> I have been asked that all the time for some reason. No, I escort talent to their destinations in the park at Universal, and I love working for Universal. Uh, it's just kind of tiring, so... Well, to be fair, Glenn, considering you're high, you, I don't think you'd make a good stripper. No. They'd be too busy st- <laughs> trying to sort of... Uh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anyway, uh, um, <laughs> how has gaming been treating you this week, man? Uh, pretty good. Uh, a big Final Fantasy XIV update on Tuesday, so I've been busy with with all the new content they added, to be honest. Of course, where else would you be? Uh, the new dungeons are quite hard. Um, in fact, I'm fighting the, one of the bosses right now, Sasquatch, a giant gorilla. As we speak? Yeah, as we speak. Okay. Update us on that later. Um, also, we have our Muscles from Brussels, Mike... <laughs> Who has not shut up you? Who is not? <laughs> who has not been on for a little while? But he is back. Welcome, Mike. What's up, Glenn? How's it going? I'm not too bad. Um, where? How have you been? Where have you been all this time? I've been good, man. I've just been. Uh, well, I've been living under my uh, bench press for most of the time. You know, just with <laughs> whatever I can. No, I've been around, and I've just been busy. With, you know, with PSU and everything, and a couple other things. Uh, just, um, you know, I don't have that much time to record these days, so it's mainly been unchained for me. But, you know, I just had to be on uh, on this podcast for one reason in particular, especially, which I'll get to in a bit. <laughs> That's great. Um, both of these guys come from England, of course. I'm from America. Uh, we also have a special guest today. Mike, I will let you introduce him. Okay. <laughs> this has been a long-ass time coming, but it's my pleasure to introduce... Uh, a long-time, uh, long-time friend of mine and who used to work at PSU. It is none other than Mr. Don fucking Oliveira. Hello, Mike! <laughs> Hello, Don! Derailed! All right, what's up, guys? How's it going? Welcome to episode 43 of Podcast Derailed. I'm your host, Alan. I don't know what you were talking about. That is not, that is not how this works. No. Um... All right, I'm back, I'm back. How's it going, Glenn? Good. Um, for those of you who do not know him, which may be a bunch of our viewers, it's been a while. Um, our sister podcast, we're all from PlayStation Universe, and our sister podcast is PlayStation Unchained. If you are a PlayStation fan and you don't know what PlayStation Unchained is, shame on you. Go listen to it right now. Um, we're from PlayStation Universe. Um, before PlayStation Unchained was PlayStation Unchained, um, there was Podcast Derailed. Oh, Which, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. Sorry, I thought you said something else then. <laughs> what? No. I thought you said before PlayStation Unchained, there was PlayStation Unchained. <laughs> yes, before, and before that, there was Podcast Derailed, which was yep. basically just about anything, as yep. far as I understand. Yeah, yep. and Don, you were our host, weren't you? Don Hell was the yeah. host. Hell and yeah. he has been gone for a year, but we figured, hey, let's bring him back for an episode for RDGH. So welcome to the crew. Um, Thank you, sir. Er- earlier we were talking about what to call you because we all have our, our little nicknames. Like, I'm, I'm the commissioner. Oh, well then. <laughs> ben, ha- ben has like 50 nicknames. 
So I just call him the original Ben Sterling. <laughs> um, you guys, you guys really don't remember my nickname. I don't know what your nickname was. Platinum. Oh, platinum. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I you, your voice goes up like that. That's the best. <laughs> um, <laughs> I only have one <laughs> testicle, so I can easily okay. like transition with. Okay, I'll stop. That does help. Um, <laughs> um, we, Mike was um, thinking about introducing you in like a New York mobster accent. What I've been think? thinking oh. about Mike honestly a lot. Uh, every time I take a shower. Um, <laughs> no, anyways, you were okay, saying. Okay, moving forward. Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry, I forgot the accent, Glenn, so I don't know. Yeah, it's my pleasure to introduce Mr. Don Oliveira. Hey, bartender, give me a drink here for my buddy. The Don. <laughs> the <All> Don. Right. <laughs> hey, how's it going, Chip Scallywag Cheerio? All right, let's time to podcast. Let's do this. Before, all ready? You're ready? Let's all go. <laughs> before we get too crazy, although I feel like that ship has sailed, um, <laughs> we actually have a review this week. Uh, posted oh, just posted just yesterday from our friend Eric Han seventy six who says um, this is on iTunes. I'm I'm aware now that we're actually on more than just iTunes. We're on like Tversity and uh, all oh, right. all sorts of places. But nice. this is from iTunes, and he says the PlayStation Unchained and RDGH podcasts are two of my favorites. There's lots of great up to date gaming info as well as candid discussions on gaming as a whole. Very refreshing. Keep up the great work and keep the episodes coming. Thank you very much, Eric oh, Hans. Thank we appreciate you. it. Awesome. On behalf of Unchained as well, Mike is here as well. We appreciate your, your input there. Absolutely. Um, Thank you very much, mate. Really, we appreciate it. We're, we're definitely keep tuning out the episodes for you. <clears throat> definitely. Um, if you are on anything that's not iTunes, subscribe to us there. Leave us a review. Send us a link on Twitter uh, for RDGH. It's at the RDGH. We will read your review on the air as well. Um, we also Let's have get the show started. We also I'm not done. Damn, calm down. Um, <laughs> we also have some tweets coming in from some of our listeners. We have Adam Duffield who followed us on Twitter just recently and left us one last week that I happen to have missed. He says just finished listening uh, to both podcasts with a glass of red wine. That's wow. fancy. Um, keep up the good work, guys. Got you on auto-download. Thank you very much. Subscribe to us, and you can have this downloaded to all of your iThings and Android things and whatever mm-hmm. things automatically. <laughs> um, <laughs> this week, he gave us another one. He says, once again, listening to you guys has helped pass an evening and produce a YouTube channel video. Keep up the sweet work. Cool. cool. Good job, man. Cheers. Keep, keep it up. What does he do? YouTube channel video. Uh, I'm curious now. <laughs> Um, this one's, uh, Dane's going to like this one. This one's from our good friend, the Fonz. Oh, the um, Fonz, yeah. We, we have the Fonz and we have the Don in the same, uh, yeah. thing. Um. <laughs> like, 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 like the Fonz? The Fonz. Is he still, is he still a listener? Yeah, yeah, Fonz is, man. He sends us emails a lot for Unchained. And awesome. I awesome. Yeah, dude, he's still oh, yeah. <laughs> What's up, Fonz? Thanks for sending us an email to RDGH. <laughs> I got it right. I got it right. Yes, he does it too. Um, he says, and this is going to be good for Dane. I've been reading the Lysandra Files book, uh, Dane's book, The Lysandra Files Choices and Consequences. It's a good read. He tells me that book two is in the works. I think he said that to me too. So uh, if you haven't been listening or have been li- living under a rock, either or, uh, Dane Smith, our very own, has been has written a book called The Lasombra Files, L-A-S-O-M-B-R-A Files. It's kind of a mystery thriller novel. It's on Amazon Kindle right now. It's only a dollar. You have no reason not to get this. I've been reading through it. It's a great book. 
apparently he's working on another one. So check this out. Go to Kindle right now. You have a phone. You have a computer. You might have a tablet. Like, it's only a few hundred pages. I know that we're gamers, so we don't, like, read. But <laughs> it's worth checking out this book. It's a good book. Uh, I've, so- uh, can, can I just plug in? My, can I just uh, make a little plug here for my book? You have a book too? Yeah, I've also been writing a book. Uh, it's published now. It's called The Lashandra Files, and oh. it talks about Lashandra living and growing up in the ghetto. Um, <laughs> it's an audio book where I play Lashandra, and uh, <laughs> check it out. It's called Lashandra Files. <laughs> I, I don't know where to go with that, but um, <laughs> there you have it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. If this is supposed to be like a, a non look, like. RDGH, like you named the show Racial Diversity Gaming Hour, right? That's its name. Yes. Well, just because, like, because PSU has people from all over the world? Yep. In part, yeah. Yeah. And uh, is it because Derailed was very racist? No. It had nothing to do with Derailed. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. It's partly, be like, it's partly because we're all about, because um, we're, we're from PlayStation Universe. Right, So right. we talk a lot about PlayStation stuff all day, and we have a lot of connections yeah. with PlayStation stuff. So this is um, about all sorts of gaming, not just PlayStation and definitely Xbox as well and Wii, uh, Nintendo. I mean, you know, if we have some PC as well, if, if we have something, we'll even talk about board gaming if for some reason it's, it's significant. So uh, I, I guess we'll see. But, and and um, just, to, just to clarify, Unchained, is that still just PlayStation? Unchained yeah, is still yeah. just PlayStation. Yeah, and we, yeah. it's literally the same. It's, it's pretty much um, derailed just with a new name, Don. Nice. And without, yeah, and uh, sadly not with you, obviously. Not yet, anyway. <laughs> oh, whatever. I'm just glad you guys kept it going, man. I'm really proud of you guys. But, uh, yo, good yes. good, uh, good idea, Glenn, on like opening up the podcast. And, you know, that's something that when I was doing derailed, it kind of bugged me sometimes. I mean, we'd still talk about Xbox games uh, quite often. But, I mean, like, it's just a good idea in general to have just an open open platform kind of podcast discussion. It, it's well, fun, you. you know? Thank you, thank you. Actually, yeah. um, it was Dane and that kind of led the beginning of this. And mm. it, I think it was me and Dane and Gary and Ernest Lynn um, who kind of, we were just kind of talking and we were like, hey, what if we did a podcast about everything? And yeah. then, um, what should we It just suddenly it? appeared. <laughs> yeah, it just suddenly appeared. And Dane was the host until episode five when he moved to Korea, at which yeah. point I became the host. Ah, um, cool. But yeah. I have been on every episode so far except for one. Um, oh, you actually haven't been on one. I actually thought you had a clean wreck. You were on every single one. No, it, it was one because it was after Ernest missed his first one. Oh, okay. Um, I, <laughs> I actually overslept and I missed. The, oh, I, I think I had just gotten from class. I'd gotten from a long day of class, and I was like, I'm just going to take a nap. And then I woke <laughs> up, and the thing was already over. Yeah. So. Well, everyone needs a break, man, because at the end of the day, I mean, I, I, me and Ben rotate hosts on um, Unchained and stuff. Don't we, Ben? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like we do. <laughs> I, I had Gary host this once, and even then I was still there. It's like, cool. But it helps because I, I, I would like to have Gary host again. It's been too long. Why is that? What did he do? What does he have that I? What does he have that I don't? Uh, we, we believe in Gary. Oh, okay. Also, yeah, does great, sorry, he does a great Russian accent as well. You got to admit. Oh, he's, from <laughs> he's from Russia. He's from Russia. I would hope he does a good Russian accent. Um, well, thank God I do a good British British accent accent then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, me too, actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, do not do not trust the KGB, comrade. <laughs> yeah, there we go. 
he will um, infiltrate your podcast. That's why he's in Korea now. <laughs> Surveillance. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk games, guys. Um, oh, man, where are we going first? PlayStation. Let's talk PlayStation first. All right. Um, the Inquisitor, Inquisitor.com, um, <laughs> published an article. I'm laughing at the name Inquisitor. It feels like a tabloid, but it, I don't think it is. Um, it, it may be. I don't know. Anyway, either way, um, it's published an article talking about um, PlayStation. And in this article, uh, Shuhei Yoshida talks about how um, most first-party games are not actually profitable for Sony. Um, he says it's a hit-driven business. We look at our financial results of the titles, and probably three or four out of ten make money, and maybe one or two make all the money to cover the cost of the others. Um, so they have to be able to maintain that hit ratio at a certain level to be able to continue in the business. So we always try to uh, find out and support and help grow the talent. That's the most important work that I believe myself and some of my management team at Worldwide Studios are doing. Um, that's pretty significant in itself, but later on the article says that the PlayStation's games division has been one of the few financial bright spots for Sony thanks to the success of the PS4. While the company as a whole produced a net loss of approximately $1.26 billion for its 2014 fiscal year ending March 1st, 2014, the game division saw its sales surge 38.5% to $9.5 billion. Which is really, yep. which I think is pretty significant because you have a one point two six billion dollar loss for Sony as a whole, but mm. then you have sales surge to nine point five billion dollars, and obviously that's revenue and not necessarily profit. Um, but what do you guys think? Uh, how does this balance out for Sony? Because we've been hearing that they've been spending a lot, especially on advertising, um, obviously with the intent to make it back through sales. Um, but how do you feel this balances out for, for PlayStation? <clears throat> Let's not forget that they, um, they took a huge hit on the Vita. Um, I, from, what I can, from what I understand, the PlayStation 4 is doing really well. Uh, PlayStation yeah. 3 now is super steady. Uh, it's profitable. It's doing well. However, it's probably the Vita, man. It, what, else, what else has Sony done that's really been dragging them down? If they, if they, are actually, if they posted a loss year over year, um, I... I all my all my money's on the Vita. It's got to be the Vita. All, as much as I love it, it's it's probably it's probably cost them a lot, man. And they probably didn't. They haven't turned a profit over that thing, which sucks. Well, we'll think of it this way. Um, this is for the fiscal year ending March first. So this mm-hmm. is from March last year until now. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that time span, Sony has had to launch a console and mm-hmm. advertise that console. True, true. And make contracts for that console. They spent money to shut down uh, the the PC division of the company. So it's like there, there's a lot that Sony has been having to spend money on to make the PS4 successful. So yeah, I, they spent a I don't, I don't think it's just the Vita. I think it's the PS4 as well. Right. That's no, a good it, point. It is. It is definitely. They, um, I remember reading um, uh, another Sony, uh, Sony Financial Report sometime earlier this year, and this stuff they did um, attribute a lot of the, um, the loss and everything to the cost of the PS4 marketing and advertising and all that kind of stuff. So they spent a heap on that console. Which yeah. is just, well, I mean, it was successful, but it cost a lot to make. It's actually, um, it's interesting when you were talking about the um, first-party games there, like how early, like, fr- what was it, three or four out of ten are profitable. I'm just curious to know, I, they probably don't mention it, but I'm curious to know which series they are. I, I imagine that Uncharted would be the ones that are really profitable and probably Killzone, but um, what other ones would be? Gran Turismo, maybe? 
I don't know. I, I feel like Gran Turismo, the last Gran Turismo for PS3, I feel like it did well. I, I never actually looked up the figures on it. Yeah. Um, but it did come out just as the PS4 was launching, so I don't know. Yeah. Um, Gran Turismo, what else? What other... There's uh, Gears of War. I, I'm trying to list, because there's a bunch of... There's like a bunch of PlayStation exclusives, and I'm trying... I can't, you just say Gears of War? <laughs> I mean God of War. <laughs> God of War, yeah. God of War, yeah. Um, what other place? Yeah, um, we sent and tried. I, I imagine that stuff like um, I imagine Beyond Two Souls wasn't prof- very profitable because no. that was exclusive. Um, what other first they've had? Yeah, I said Killzone, Uncharted. You said God of War, uh, Gran Turismo. Um, it's crazy, isn't it? I can't think of another exclusive. Uh, what about um, Infamous? Things like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, well, I guess my question is profitable for who? Because this is Shuhei talking. Uh, this is Yoshida-san talking. He's talking about, um, it feels like he's talking about Sony, about games that are profitable yeah. for Sony, not necessarily games that are profitable for the developers. Yeah. So I don't, um, even so, he says three or four out of ten make money, which means six or um, six or seven don't. Um, but that's still three yeah. or four, and maybe a, a couple of them make all the money to cover the costs of the ones that don't. So, um, yeah. Well, Uncharted's got to be the ones that, one of the ones that make the money, definitely. Absolutely, Don. Yeah, have def- you have you seen the Uncharted Four trailer? Yeah, yeah. I uh, I pissed my little <laughs> panties when I did. Um, <laughs> I mean, we we, we, could, we could talk about Uncharted Four if you guys want, because I've got a bunch of theories about that game. But uh, it looks pretty sweet, man. And remember, that's Naughty Dog, so all that stuff's running in engine. You have oh. theories. Uh, I have theories. Yeah, I have theories. I have. Uh, I think that. Uh, Sully won't be the one that. Oh, are we getting into this right now? <laughs> is, sorry, is that okay? I, sorry, I just. No, no, sorry. Oh, I'm, oh, I almost derailed. I literally, I literally no. had to urge myself not to break into a song there from Buffy because Don said <laughs> I have a theory and Giles has a song. Got a theory. I have a theory. A theory. <laughs> All right. Um, we can get into that, but Ben, first, is there anything you have to say? You're so quiet there. Are you still fighting your boss? Oh no, I beat him. I'm near oh. the end of the dungeon. But oh, okay. <laughs> um, I've just I've just been quiet to listen in. Why? He's taking he's taking in Don, man. He's taking, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's uh, really I've heard that before. <laughs> any, yeah, <shh>. okay. <laughs> any, <laughs> any thoughts, uh, Ben? Um, not really. To be honest, you pretty much there's not many games really. I think that are profitable for Sony right now. Uh, I, I'd actually be surprised if God of War is completely profitable. To be honest. Okay. Uh, I don't think that I think they spend more money than they actually make with God of War, mainly because they they help out a lot of companies, which would probably what make gives them the funds for God of War. Mm-hmm. Well, so, certainly, Ascension was. Um, I don't yeah. think that did too great. I, mean, I remember saying it wasn't. I think Free did very very well. That pushed yeah. over a million in a month, I think. But um, God of War Ascension was very. I remember writing it at the time. It was like laughing that came out last uh, March thirteen, and I remember writing that it um, didn't doing a story saying it did perform under expectations in the US at least so I think you're right there Ben okay. look guys let's be realistic we all know that the only thing keeping Sony and PlayStation afloat right now the only one game keeping them afloat is PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale uh, we, we all know that that's Sony's cash cow um, no, but on a serious on a serious note, Glenn, you were asking about Gran Turismo. Um, I did a quick search on VG charts. <clears throat> I know there was like 28 versions of Gran Turismo 5, but it says here that Gran Turismo 5, as of uh, June 28, 2014, has sold roughly 11 million units versus Gran Turismo 6, which only sold 2.35 million units by the same date. So yeah, I know that Gran Turismo 5 came 
came out, you know, uh, what was it, two, two, three years earlier? Yeah, three years earlier. But still, still, that's that's those are, that's a big difference, you know. Especially since you consider that in three years, PlayStation 3's install base must have grown. I guess, uh, I guess, interest in Gran Turismo really has tapered off. I don't, I don't know. Uh, Gran Turismo Six probably wasn't as profitable as Sony was looking forward to. I think the yeah. main reason for that is because a lot of people who like Gran Turismo, like me, are graphic whores. <laughs> and they know that you know they're waiting for GT6 or GT7 on the PS4. PS4, yeah. Yeah, because it'll be you know, rather you know, there's no point getting it for the PS3 when you know they're going to pull it up to the PS4 sooner or later. Uh, eh, I don't know. I feel like Gran Turismo has always been its own thing. I feel like people that are going to buy Gran Turismo aren't necessarily people that are going to buy. Uh, a bunch of other games on PlayStation. Usually, Sony has been counting on like Gran Turismo to be that franchise that actually brings new customers to buy a PlayStation. I feel like that's not the case anymore, and this is them learning that. Um, well, I don't think that they launched it at a very smart time. True. Because no. they have the PlayStation 4 coming out, and they decide to launch the PlayStation 3 game at the same time, and it's like, well, you know, I understand a lot of people aren't going to buy a PS4 right away, and so you want something for the PS3 people as well. But at that point, a lot of people are saving for a PS4. A lot of people have bought a PS4 and are just um, trying to buy a PS4 game to go with it. You know, that's not the right time to launch a a game for the PS3. (laughs) You know, maybe maybe around maybe around now, maybe around uh, a, a few months ago up till now. Yeah, I mean, things have sort of settled, and now those who don't have a PS4 uh, are. or just have a PS3 would still like something to play. I mean, that wouldn't be terrible, but mm-hmm. um, that when the excitement is all for another console, you don't release something for the old console. That doesn't make right. sense. Right. Plus, you got to also take, in, uh, take into account that um, <clears throat> Gran Turismo isn't king of the hill anymore in terms of simulation race- racing games. I mean, uh, it used to be back in the day in the PS2 era, but nowadays... Uh, who's to say that Gran Turismo is more popular than Forza or Need for Speed, who also have uh, those games also have their own respective like simulation versions of the franchises. So Need for I feel Speed like... has a simulation because Need for Speed has always been kind of arcadey to me. It has. Yeah, I it has. It too. Yeah. It w- wasn't one of them. Not Hot Pursuit. Not the one after. Which one? Uh, there was one that was like a a track racer, right? Like I don't remember what it was called. Carbon. Uh, no, it was after that. Um... God, there's so many of them. I can't. You know... <laughs> oh, okay, keep keep going. I'll find it. I'll find it. Just keep going. Okay. Uh, most wanted. <laughs> Most wanted. No, no most, most wanted was pretty arcadey. I yeah, love that suits. Uh, I know what you mean. Uh, shift, I think, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, shift. that's it. That's, that's it. Right. We'll shift. get a name eventually. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> but, but shift, yeah, shift was so long ago, though. Yeah, maybe. Didn't they make shift two though? I think so. Yeah. Let's. Anyway. Uh, so yeah. Either way, what I meant is basically like, is Gran Turismo the go-to simulation racing game anymore? Because I don't know, man. For PlayStation gamers, I mean, yeah, I'm, Need for Speed Shift was forever ago, and Shift 2 for that matter. Um, could they make another Shift? I don't know. They seem to have completely done away with that. They've done Most Wanted, they've done Hot Pursuit, they've done um, Need for Speed. What was the one that came out with the PS4? I have it. Oh, Most um, Wanted. Rivals? No, Rivals, Rivals, that's the one. It? I have oh, that one. Sorry. I should, I should <laughs> know it. Is, is that one simulation? <clears throat> that one is not. That one's definitely okay. arcade. Okay. Definitely arcade. Cool. Um, but, you know, as far as simulators go for PlayStation, Gran Turismo is pretty much like the only big one. Um, yeah. Drive Club's coming out, and I've mm-hmm. heard from Ernest, who does not like simulation games, um, that the cars in Drive Club handle like Sims. 
like like a, like sim cars do. Yeah. Um, however, there are a lot of arcade elements to Drive Club as well. So it's like it's not one and it's not the other. It's kind of both. Um, I, I'm interested to see how that turns out. Uh, there's definitely. Did you Don? Did you get to see that list? That 51 item list of details in Drive Club. No, I haven't. I'd be. I'd be. I'd love to hear about it. But guys, on RDGH right now, let's decide Drive Club's fate. Right now, you guys vote. Drive Club gonna be a thing or is it gonna fail? I vote fail. I wow. vote. I, I think it's gonna be a thing. I mean, you already have people copying it. Look at Forza Horizon Two, announced at the uh, Microsoft. Uh, E3 conference just this past year. Um, it was talking about how you can make clubs and drive together. Sound mm. and, and they use I don't remember exactly what they said, but they used terminology that sounded mm. an awful lot like the very same terminology that Drive Club used. I feel like this is going to start something. Be- yeah, I, I I agree with you. Uh, I agree with you. It's just that it doesn't seem like what, what, um, what's the team behind Drive Club? What's the name? Evolution. Evolution. Evolution, okay, right. So uh, those are the, the old MotorStorm guys, right? So yeah. uh, from what I remember, the last thing, the last big news I heard about Evolution is that Sony actually closed down Studio Liverpool and merged them with Evolution, right, Mike? Something uh, like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I just think that while the talent behind Drive Club is, is, isn't lacking, they're definitely like superstars over there. It's just that their messaging and their, their, their coming out has been well, they're coming out, sorry. <laughs> their, their, their strategy um, has been flawed, right? Because they wanted to have it as a PS4 launch title. Am I wrong? No. Didn't they? Yeah, 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 it was going to yeah. be out in November. And it yeah. was supposed to be free for, for Plus members, but then they had to go back on that, and they, they have like different pricing structures. And it's to the point where even I'm confused about it now. I feel like they lost all momentum for Drive Club. It could have been a thing if it launched with the PS4. I feel like they lost a lot of momentum by changing their... Uh, their strategy and their message, and let, where is it now? I mean, like, uh, let, I don't know. Let, like, let me let me disagree with you right there. Sure, I, will, sure. I will stop you. Get, Go. get, get back there. Get back. <laughs> All right. Um, the thing about it is, Drive Club was not the only game like this. Watch Dogs had that very same problem. It was supposed to be a launch title with the PlayStation 4. Um, hmm. It was, even back then, it was widely, for some reason, recognized as a PlayStation 4 game. And right. it was delayed. Um, it just came out, and guess what? It broke records. It is sure. the most pre-ordered new IP in history, um, not just for not just for Ubisoft, but in history. So I don't think that, especially if you're doing it right, I don't think that there's a problem with um, just the delay itself. It, it depends true. on your marketing. Of course, exactly, yeah. and you, you nailed you, you nailed it right there. It's your marketing, and let's compare Ubisoft's marketing of Watch Dogs to Sony's marketing of Drive Club. Well, wait, wait, sure, wait, sure. I mean. <laughs> The, <laughs> yeah, sure, okay. The, the, um, the only thing is Drive Club's interest right now is higher now than it ever has been. Um, back then, especially after last year, um, Evolution took a chance and showed it incomplete at E3. And it kind of got uh, a bit of a reputation as a game that was just half-baked, that wasn't done. Mm-hmm. And exactly. then, then you have the smart people come out and say, hey, it's only 30% complete, calm your nips. Okay, <laughs> so then nowadays, you know, you have all sorts of things coming out. Um, Evolution has been just stunning people with the graphics of this game. Um, like, if anything, they're using the graphics as a selling point. I'm kind of sad that that works. But, yeah, I agree with you. For me, it's totally the social, the social features of that game, the yeah. way they, they connect your Facebook friends and the times, and that's all amazing. My favorite part of Need for Speed was that autologue. 
Yeah, they're 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 using that they're using that in in really good ways. The graphics look look absolutely great right now. There is a lot of excitement for Drive Club, and now um, a lot, like I said before, other companies are copying it. I don't think it's a good idea to write Drive Club out from the get go. I especially would definitely check out that list. Like, do it right now. Go to PSU and look for that fifty one item list, and just look at how much detail is in Drive Club. It's, All right, what's the what's the website for PSU? What's the website for it's PS? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> That's like saying, "Hey, what's the number for nine one one?" It's PS- it's it's nine one one, right? Yes, it's psu.com. Okay. Oh, okay, psu.com. Yes. Um, <laughs> just Google it. PSU fifty one item listen, list drive club. Yeah, I, I don't want to disagree with you, Glenn. I hope that when drive club comes out, the the more popular it is. Um, the better it'll be. The more people play, the better it'll be just because of the social integration. I feel like their best bet was to get it out on the PS4 when nobody, even now, when nobody has anything to play, uh, I feel like that's usually how you make a name for yourself. Like Resistance. Re- let's be honest. Resistance Fall of Man <clears throat> wasn't... It was an amazing game. I really enjoyed it. <clears throat> platinum. But um, no, there's no Platinum in that game. Um, it, it, was, it was a really good game. I really enjoyed it. But because it was out at a time on PS3 when there was nothing else out, the, the multiplayer community, the online community, they all flocked to Resistance Fall of Man, and it became huge. It became one of yeah. Sony's uh, biggest franchises. Uh, just because there was nothing else to play, I feel like Drive Club could have capitalized on that on PS4. Uh, but then, you know, things happened. Maybe the game wasn't ready. Like you were saying, it, it, you know, it needed more time in the oven. So they missed that boat, but I would love, I would love, I'm still optimistic. I, I, I truly do think that, um, drive club did miss the boat and it'll have a few problems when it does launch, but it does look amazing. I I don't disagree with you that it looks super fun and super cool. Uh, I really do want to get into it, but like I said, it's a game that'll only be, it'll be just as good as the community that plays it. And if the, the more people play drive club, the more fun it'll be. I feel... You know, the thing about it is that can only apply to a few games. I mean, look at uh, Killzone Shadowfall. That was one of the big games for the PS4 when it first launched, and it's I mean, it's not doing badly, but it's not that stellar mm. itself. Yeah. And to tell the truth, this is gonna this is said to be a ten year generation, and mm-hmm. over the whole decade, how many games have the opportunity to come out when the console launches? Like two or three, three or four. It, it, it's just that's just how it is. Not every game, like zero point zero one percent of all games that will be out for the PS4 will be able to come out during the launch window of the PS4. So they're going to have to, like it or not, they're going to have to succeed without the boost of a launch uh, behind them. That said, there is a bit of a problem with the launch window that uh, Drive Club has now, around October 7th, I believe, because there are going to be a bunch of games coming out around that time. Um, I, I forget which games. There's just, there's just a lot of games coming yeah. out around uh, that time. Yeah, there are. Dragon um, Age. Dragon Age for Evil Within. Exactly. But I will point out that... Um, it will still be free for PlayStation Plus members. Uh, there will be a free version for PlayStation Plus members. So, so, so how's that working? There's, there's a free version, but not the full game? Yeah, um, yeah. You, you get. I think that what's missing is certain tracks and certain cars or something like that. Um, but you, only get, you only get five tracks and ten cars with the free version. Yeah. Versus, um, like, how much is it? 20 in- tracks, and I think 60 cars. You know what? I think it's brilliant making that game free. I think that's that that that's 
that's probably what's going to save them. Let's be honest. Uh, what's the attach rate to PlayStation Plus to PS4? Isn't it something crazy, like over eighty-five percent or something like that? Oh. Yeah, some time ago, it's, right. some time yeah. ago, um, a report came out that said like 95 percent of people yeah. have yeah. a PS4. I, I, yeah, I wrote a story on it. It's, it's in the nineties, definitely. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. Also, and think about all those people uh, getting Drive Club for free, and you know that that's what I'm talking about right there. Yeah. If there's a, there's a massive influx of players and that community gets driven like kind of like LBP kind of thing and there's just a community machine going on I think that that's amazing that's Drive Club's best chance and get this um, all those people who play it for free a lot of them a lot of them are going to take that as a taste and want the full version so they're going to want to upgrade and when you upgrade after downloading the free version you get a discount mm-hmm. as well exactly so yeah, I think it's a $10 discount so so I think that they are doing a lot of things that will make Drive Club pretty strong. I hope, man. I hope. Yeah. And if you live in the UK, you'll be able to play Drive Club September 25th at Eurogamer Expo this year. Sweet. Oh, really? Yeah. You, you like Euro. You, I wish I could go to Eurogamer. You're I, should go to, I should go to Eurogamer, considering I'm now going to events, but... Um... Yeah. Oh yeah, Dom. That's another update. I'm now going to an industry events. Nice. <laughs> I've never gone yeah. to a single. I've never gone yeah. to a single convention or industry event or anything. Yeah, I'd love to though. Yeah. Don't, don't worry about it, Gun. I mean, I've been doing this job for um seven years now. Um, no, over just over seven years. And until March with the Metal Gear Solid Five review event, I hadn't been to any at all. So um, you're loving though, man. It's great. Yeah. Wait. What? You went to a Metal Gear Solid Five review event? Yeah, in Windsor, UK, which is about twenty, uh, about half an hour away on the train. Um, to, Fuck. Uh, to, you, Mike. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God! How amazing was that? It was great. It was at Konami's UK office. We uh, basically, I think there were about half a dozen people there. They just sat us in a room for five hours and headphones on, just played Metal Gear all the time. You know, obviously they had like a break for lunch and everything, but it was great, man. It really Damn, was good. I'm so event. jealous. I just yeah. remembered when uh, when you guys introduced me on this episode of uh, RDGH, I yeah. uh, I really really wanted to go. Kept you waiting, huh? <laughs> uh, by the way, Don. Yeah. Guess who I got? I, I had a meeting with a few years ago. Um, Shahid Ahmed, and I ended up getting him to come on to Unchained. Yeah, he was on Unchained. Yeah, that's very cool. Is that who? What, what's his title? What's his role? Uh, head what? Head of Indies? No, that's Indies. not. He he gave us a uh, he, head of strategic content. I think is what he that's said. It. Yeah, that was it, Sony yeah. Europe. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, that was cool. I wish I could go to Eurogamer, man. European chicks are super hot. Is that the only reason? Like, <laughs> yep. Okay. Um, Fuck video games. And video games. Of course, not everything is sunshiny in the world of video gaming. Um, a Kim Kardashian video game is coming out oh, for God. iOS. And um, <laughs> no Android port. No, there's no Android port. To let me look. Look. Hopefully there are as few ports as possible. No, it's it's already out actually. It's on it's on iOS. I don't know. But the the shocker here is that they're expecting it to make upwards of two hundred million dollars through in app purchases. I can see that happening. Mm-hmm. You know, as I much mean, as I hate to admit it, it's Kim Kardashian, isn't it? I mean oh god. Yeah, so far I've only spent about sixty bucks on it. Um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just one of the, another reason why n- no faith in humanity. I, I just Kim Kardashian. Yeah. I just don't understand. I don't. I don't. Her name comes up every once in a while, and uh, I'm like, yeah. who? Why? I don't she, understand why I should care about her. At I all. think it's. I Can think you it's actually just, remind me what did she actually do, Don? Because I don't really know much about her. 
Yeah, I think she's the only girl in the whole world to have an actual like gravitational pull around her ass. Like I think her ass has its own <laughs> gravitational field. Uh, I I I guess that's it. I mean, yeah, I guess so. Um, I guess it's the the J Lo effect, except J Lo has talent. Oh shit! You think um, J Lo hates Kim Kardashian? Like, bitch, you stole my title. <laughs> Um, things aren't all sunshiny for PlayStation either. Japan is seeing some slowing in um, for the PlayStation 4. Hasn't been selling as well. Uh, the Wii U, in fact, has been outselling it for a number of weeks. Um, Sony Computer Entertainment Executive Andrew House, a, a countryman of Mike and Ben, um, believe that... Oh, hey. Are you from the UK? Good day. Wait, Good are, day there. Where, where, Don, where are you from? Zanzibar. I see. Um, well, uh, okay, Montreal, Canada. <laughs> okay. Um, Andrew House believes that the struggles can be attributed to the skepticism of local uh, developers, a factor he views as temporary. This is from digitalspy.com. Uh, he told Eurogamer it's doing okay in Japan. There is a slight level of concern around the viability of the console market in Japan, and we're conscious of the fact that we have not had... Um, yet the sort of groundswell of native content from Japanese publishers and developers. I view that as temporary. There's definite developer and publisher enthusiasm for the platform, especially having seen the overarching success it's had in markets outside of Japan, for whatever reasons. When we were evangelizing around the platform, we were having a tougher sell with Japanese publishers and developers. Um, in short, it sounds like he's just saying it's it's a little more difficult in Japan to, to sell the PS4 to developers, and so the PS4 doesn't have a lot of Japanese content, and so it's not doing so well. What do you guys think about this? Um, I'm kind of surprised yeah, that it isn't same. actually doing very um, that well over there because it's um it's just been so you know the success in um the West has just been you know been incredible. Um, I I suppose obviously I don't know some uh, some of the games that have been out that have come out at launch and stuff, I suppose some of them are like maybe catered to the West, you know, more than Japan. And there have been a lack of like, so there have been a lack of like Japanese specific games. I mean, I think um, deep down, uh, which is meant to be coming out, that was um, meant to be a launch title or around the launch window, at least. And that's been pushed back a bit. So that's obviously hasn't helped things, but they had, um, they did have Yakuza though. And that is massive in Japan. I thought actually that would have been a real booster to sales over there, but it came out on PS3 as well. So I don't know, maybe people are still, buying it for the PS3, but um, yeah, I, I'm kind of surprised at that, especially with Yakuza there, because that, that really does sell like hotcakes over there. It's kind of like Monster Hunter in the sense that it, it, it sells millions of copies, and it doesn't seem to set, set the West on fire at all, so um, maybe, there's probably more reasons than that, but yeah, um, hopefully things will pick up as soon as they get, um, you know, you get a, um, the next Final Fantasy or Kingdom Hearts, for example, something like that. That will really, um, I'm sure that will really um, give sales a shot in the arm, but it, it's kind of a way off, so... Um, yeah, um, I'm a, I'm a bit shocked. <clears throat> yeah, now Chili, maybe maybe you know, or any of any uh, either Glenn or, or you, Mike, is um, is streaming big in Japan? Twitch or UStream? Apparently, it's not. Apparently, streaming isn't uh, that big. No, plus they, they use it. they don't use those anyway. They use something called Nico Nico, if I'm brightly. Mm. All right. Okay, right. And it's but, but streaming in general, not not a big thing there. No, no. I think oh. I'm thinking that same story. Um, someone said um in the story about Glenn ran out. I'm absolutely positive someone. Um, that house said that streaming isn't big in Japan because I read read that story today online. And I'm pretty sure he said that. Because I definitely think that's 
one of PlayStation 4's best features. And, and as yeah. for as for it not being super successful in Japan, it surprises me because, from my understanding, uh, Sony launched the PS4 in America first and uh, used all their units that they had to sell to Americans just to get out the gate uh, as fast as they can because they knew that they had Japan in their back pocket, right? I mean, yeah. that's that was my understanding. And then hearing this now, it's actually kind of surprising. This is the, the first I hear of the PS4 not doing uh, so hot, not selling to developers in Japan. I honestly... I, Kind of blow my, blows my mind. I'm not surprised at all. So what are they? Are they all just making Wii U and 3DS games? Well, 3DS games. Um, Japan is more of a handheld <laughs> right. market than a, a console market nowadays. If you're making mm. a, a portable gaming game, you'll sell buckets. But if it's consoles, no, you're not going to sell that much. Mm. It's been like that since the DS times. To be honest, that's why the PSP was so big there, and I, I bet the Vita's bigger there than anywhere else for the same reason yeah more uh, handhelds than anything man I, I feel like it was just last month that we were talking about how sad it is that the vita, vita isn't performing as well uh on derail yeah. I mean, it tr- mm. truly 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 gets me down um i that's, really um, still enjoy my vita I, I do too that's um that that's just like not gonna go away i don't think i mean they've actually i did, again i i did a story a couple just a couple of weeks ago don when they were saying that um i can't remember which guy it was it, um one of the top sony guys said that pretty much admitted that there won't be that many more first party games for the vita and hmm. so it's um it's a shame because it's, it's such a great like you said i mean we can we know we know all of us pretty much know it's such a great um handheld and it's just it's such a shame when you look at the psp you know, I mean, it wasn't as popular as DS, but it still sold a lot. You know, I can't remember the exact, but it's well, it was well over fifty. I think it might seventy. Have been. I think yes, it was over yeah, seventy million. Yes, I think it might be seventy to eighty million. It, it was really, really successful. Yeah, in Japan, and it got great support. It had some really big first um, and third party games like GTA, yeah. um, Metal Gear Solid, uh, Gran Turismo, Little Big Planet, God of War, and you look at Vita, which is such a great. It's, it's even more powerful with all these extra bits and pieces, and it hasn't had. It's only had about a quarter of that support, you know. I know it's still, you know, it's only a couple of years old still, but, you know, I just can't see, the thing is, I just can't see them getting the Metal Gear Solids, the GTAs, the, it hasn't even got a Gran Turismo game yet, you know, and things like that. It's just such, it's such a yeah. waste. It's yeah. such a waste. It's such a shame. I you understand. Guys... I'm sorry, carry on, dude. No, I'm sorry about that, man. Did you, did you guys hear about the uh, Ken Levine talking about what Bioshock Vita could have been? Yeah, wasn't it? He a said, RPG yeah, he says it was, was kind of like Final Fantasy Tactics. I, I saw that and my pussy yeah. got super wet. Uh, <laughs> and, 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 then, and then immediately super dry. <laughs> super dry because we'll probably never, that, that game will probably never see the light of day. And we'll yeah, never that, see what Bioshock big... Tactics could have been. Yeah, that, that, was, um, that, that was a big shame, man. I mean, uh, that, that's been in limbo for ages, hasn't it? Because he was like talking about. Last yeah. summer, he was saying how so- he's still pushing for for Sony and Take Two to reach for a deal, and it never happened. So yeah, yeah oh, I, I heard I heard that he'll release it. Uh, he, he's waiting for like a a combined release for, with Capcom for Devil May Cry and uh, Resident Evil. <laughs> well, what whatever happened to that? Did Capcom even ever acknowledge? Oh. They didn't. No, no. Oh God, jeez, I remember that now. Resident Evil Portable, you mean? Yeah? yeah, yeah. No, they never did. I think it's pretty obvious. If I'm gonna, if I was gonna put money, I'd say it became Resident Evil Revelations. I think it's. I think that's pretty much what happened to it with the three D. Because the three DS would have been in its. You know, they would developers would have had kits by then. I reckon they quietly cancelled it. Um, Devil May so- Cry. Yeah, Devil May Cry was. Um, that was meant to come out as well on PSP. For some reason, I was, yeah. I was just thinking of some sort of spin off that I'd never heard of before. <laughs> Resident Evil Devil May Cry what is it Devil May Evil 
Yeah, definitely <laughs> evil. Yeah, no, that's just yeah, they cry. That that was canned as well. That was we didn't see anything on that at all. But yeah, um, Resident Evil um, Portable. That's yeah. That just that just Sonic at the street. They, they make Resident Evil Revelations on the 3DS. Yeah, uh, it's a handheld game, and then they port it over to Xbox 360 and PS3. Yep, and, uh, and, it, and it's and it, oh, and Wii U, great, and, and, you, and yeah. it's. And it's decent there, right? Is, I mean, is it all right on, on, the, uh, on the home consoles? Yeah, yeah I, I reviewed it. It's it good. It, it, okay. felt, I got, it felt better on the handheld just because I played it first on there. But it's still right. a damn still looks Exactly. Good. But they yeah. skip. It goes from 3DS to PS3 and Xbox yeah. 360, but they skip the Vita? The v- what yeah. the fuck? Yeah, I know, yeah. Absolutely. It's just madness. It's, it's just madness. It really is. It's, and, and Monster Ooh. Hunter as well. I mean, wow. Yeah, no love yeah. for the Vita from Capcom. Absolutely. No if they have really, honestly, they, if they had released a Monster Hunter game by now, then Vita would be in a totally different situation in Japan. I agree. Now. Guaranteed. Thanks. Guaranteed. I'm going to do a nice little segue here. Watch this. Ooh. Well, it's not nice anymore. You just ruined well, it. Sh- <laughs> okay, I'm <Yeah>. sorry. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Destiny has definitely been in the news as of late, especially with Bungie's uh, thing between Xbox gamers and PlayStation gamers and whatnot. I've talked enough about that. Unless you guys have to, something to say about it in a bit, I will drop it. Um, however, there is something new coming out about Destiny. We have some different editions of the game. Uh, we have first the Digital Guardian Edition, which, which will retail for $90 in the United States. You get a copy of Destiny, a digital copy of Destiny, um, an expansion pass, and access to the content from the Collector's Edition Digital Pack, which I'll talk about in just a second. You get the Limited Edition, um, which, incl- which retails for $10 more, $100 in the U.S. Uh, you get a Limited Edition Steelbook case and a disc so it's not digital. You get the expansion pass that you get in the Guardian Edition. You get a Guardian folio, which includes an arms and armament field guide, postcards from the Golden Age, and an antique star chart. No idea what those are. Then you also, then you also get the Collector's Edition digital content pack, uh, aforementioned, where you get unique ghost casing, which I'm guessing is a skin for your little ghost drone that you have, um, exclusive player emblem, exclusive player ship variant. Um, finally, there is the Ghost Edition, the most prestigious edition in existence. It will retail for $150 in the United States. You get everything that I just mentioned for the limited edition, plus a ghost replica featuring motion-activated Lysan voice recordings from award-winning actor Peter Dinklage. Never heard of him. But he, vo- he voices the ghost <laughs> character, um, the, the personal <laughs> companion that you have in the game. You get a letter of introduction... Okay. Um, you also get Golden Age relics, which include a photo patch sticker and two chrome slides of the Traveler. Really, a letter of introduction? You want me to pay money for a letter of introduction? No, thank you. I, I, I hope it just says suck. <laughs> <Sup>. <laughs> uh, there's more in Destiny, though. Project Cars. Um, excuse me, Project Cars. What am I talking about? By the way, I've, I've pre-ordered that Ghost Edition. You pre-ordered edition. the Ghost Edition? Awesome. Nice. Yeah, it, I pre-ordered it from uh, basically... By the time you're hearing this, you will not be able to pre-order it in America. It is completely sold out. I don't know about that. Yeah, the yeah the Ghost Edition is sold out on America on Amazon, and a lot of GameStop wow. uh, have stopped taking orders. Um, uh, I actually because... hate Cinema Blend. I know I have said this before. I will say it again. I do not like Cinema Blend. Um, but this comes from Cinema Blend. There is apparently a petition. Uh, in progress on change.org. We've talked about change.org before. But there is a petition on change.org 
from gamers to bring Destiny to the Wii U. Um, oh my god. <laughs> I'm for it. <laughs> uh... Let's see. Let's see what Destiny's really all about. Let's see what Destiny's really got inside. Let's just fucking release that shit on Wii U. Let's blow the, some the, descri- the description it- says, and I quote: "Release the upcoming title Destiny on the Wii U. The more people that are able to hopper quote onto this shared world shooter, the better. Come on, my body is ready." Um, <laughs> had to throw in the Reggie quote, yes. didn't I? Um, I've, is, maybe this is a British thing. Hopper onto this. I never heard of that at all. Never heard of it. Seriously, haven't heard of that. Are you sure it's not a typo for hop? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I honestly never never heard of that at all. How do they spell it? H O P P E R, and they have it in quotes. Mm. No idea. No, that doesn't ring a bell with me at all. <laughs> that was more Australian than anything for some yeah. reason. Yeah, but it, it's typical, isn't it? They don't know what the word is, so it has to be British, doesn't it? Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it sounds more Australian to me because of. Kangaroos and hopping, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Kangaroos. Oh, man. Get on the Barbie! Well, <laughs> the Wii U, as, as far as power goes, the Wii U is capable. Um, but I was going to say, can it run it? Can it run the game? Well, it yeah, of course be. it can. They could just port the PS3 version. Oh, yeah. It's not like the difference between like the Wii U and the PS3 and the Xbox 360. Because the Wii U, power-wise, was not in the same league, but the, the, excuse me, the original Wii. Yeah, is what I'm talking yeah. about. But the Wii U actually has a decent amount of power under the hood. Yeah. So yeah. Um, could it could it run this? Possibly again, like you said, if if they port the PS3 version. Well, I should say um, that have to, um, there is still issues with the the PS3 has actually has a slight edge over the Wii U in certain areas, if I'm rightly. But yeah. overall, the Wii U is better. But so they'd have to sort of go for the Wii U strengths. But yeah, they'd just have to port the PS the PS3 version over. Okay. Um, Cinema Blend says that the reality, however, is that even if the petition gamers, oh garners, oh? don't like Cinema Blend. If even if the petition garners oh, yeah, yeah. five thousand or maybe ten thousand or maybe even a hundred thousand people, though that seems a bit unlikely, their words not mine. Uh, the game would still need time to be ported to the console if Activision and Bungie did decide to listen to the community. In reality, Wii U owners would likely receive the game six months to a year later, unless they would be okay with a quick and dirty port. Um, oh, here's this. Cinema Blend also says some naysayers would state that the game may not run on Nintendo's console. However, that's entirely not true. Anything that can run on the PS3 and Xbox 360 is more than capable of running on the Wii U. Um, I don't think that's true. I, I, what, what about good games? <laughs> oh, Ben. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I like this guy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Well, I can't Mario believe Kart I'm the eight. one defending the Wii U though. Mario Kart. Hey, I don't, hey I'm I'm not um, I'm not against the Wii U either. Mario uh, Story. Let me just say uh, I, I I've had my time with Mario Kart Eight. That game is a blast. It's a blast. Right, it's, Wii U's got party games like like nobody else. Uh, we like even uh, New Super Mario Brothers or uh, yeah, New Super Mario Brothers Two. That stuff is fantastic. Now I, I'm obviously a hater, but Wii U's got some <laughs> really quality. Uh, not to not to mention Super Smash Brothers yes. is coming out. Yeah. Not to mention there's a new Star Fox coming Shovel out. Shovel Knight. Uh-huh. And um, Project Cars, um, this is news that just came yesterday, Project Cars has a Wii U version that will come in 2015. Oh, and of course you've got Zelda coming out as well. It's yeah. a, you've got Zelda coming yeah. out? Zelda, which looks friggin' amazing. New Yoshi. So it, it, it took a while. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. But it feels like the Wii U is finally getting its good games. Yeah, yeah. It yeah, is, but is it too much to too, is it is it like you know, is it, it too yeah, little, too, too late? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's still ahead of the Xbox One, and I'm not going to go ahead and say, well, it's going to be better than the Xbox One. Is it outside the Dreamcast yet? <laughs> I don't know. I, I know because the thing is, what the Wii U does and what the Xbox One and the PS4 do are, are really different things. They have really different focuses. Yeah. Um, but so so it feels a little unfair to compare the two. But I do think that as far as the Xbox One is concerned with with sales right now, I think the Wii U has a chance of holding its own if. It continues to deliver really good games. Yeah, um, well, this year would be good. This year has been good for it with Mario Kart, and it'll definitely get a boost later in the year with Smash Brothers. Wait, is that actually mm-hmm. out this year for the Wii U? Um, Smash Brothers. Yeah, I say, believe it's they, supposed to come out in holiday. Yeah, they right. say winter, uh, but the thing is, they said summer. They said summer for the 3DS version, and that's coming out in what September, November? Yeah, yeah. The, there was there was a six month gap between the 3DS and Wii U versions, right. which I definitely spent a lot of time hating on. Uh, but they've since yeah. narrowed that down, and I think it, the, the 3DS comes out in September, and then the the um, Wii U version comes out in, like, December or something? Oh. I, don't, uh, I don't know for sure. Yeah, cool. I don't know if it's going to make this year, but I hope it does. Yeah. And like we were saying, we'll have to wait till Smash Bros. to see. But honestly, my again, my money's on uh, the ship having sailed for the Wii U. I don't think, okay. I don't think it's... I think it's going to have its quality games. I think it's going to be uh, the console version of the Vita. Yeah, or like the GameCube. <laughs> Had some really good games, but yeah. didn't do too hard. Although, having said that, it, 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 the GameCube and the Xbox were very, very closely tied in terms of sales. Very, but very The GameCube was actually one of the most, portable, most profitable with the systems. Yeah, because, because it didn't cost, it, mu- yeah, yeah, it didn't it cost didn't much sell- to make, did it? Uh, even so. though it didn't sell much, as much as the yeah. PS2 was close to the profit of the PS2 because of how cheap it was to make. Yeah, that was great, and it, it nearly outsold, it nearly matched the Xbox in sales yeah. as well. Um, they were very, very close. Um, but yeah, it's kind of crazy when I think about it. What I use my Vita for uh, the most, I'd say, other than a handheld uh, gaming machine, I think. Just like Sony said, it really is the best peripheral for the PS4. Um, sometimes I'm in my bed, and I just don't feel like being sitting down. On, I don't want to be on my couch, you know, with, with like the, my surround sound system blaring. Um, I just like being in my bed playing Tomb Raider, Definitive Edition, or Sweet. Mercenary Kings, stuff like that. And you could do that. It streams so well to the Vita. I, th- I, I truly think that if somehow Sony could manage a PS4 Vita bundle, I mean, I know that, I don't know if that would work, but I truly think that there's something special in that. I, I really think that if people can just try it out, if, 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 if more of the mainstream knew that the, the PS4 could just stream all of its content onto the Vita, I think that's something special, man. I think it's ahead of its time. I'm, I'm using that so often. It's so much fun. It, it works so well. And it's, it's amazing. You could, you could be taking a shit. You could be taking a shit playing your PS4. It's kind of fantastic. <laughs> I've done that before in Warframe, actually. Oh, okay. God. You right. took a shit on Warframe? Sh- okay, we do not need... We, we are going to move on right now. Um... <laughs> Speaking of Xbox, let's talk Xbox One. Um, this kind of made me chuckle a little bit. This is on TechRadar.com. Um, an executive from Microsoft, Harvey Eagle, believes One that night. exactly believes that the momentum in the console war, quote unquote, has shifted to the Xbox One. Um, now hold on, hold on. I'm, this isn't a very long article. I'm going to go ahead and read it for you. Okay. Yep. This is by Chris Smith on TechRadar.com. He says, look out, Sony, because the tide has turned in the next-gen console wars. Well, 
according to one Xbox marketing executive anyway. Harvey Eagle, the UK marketing boss for Xbox, claims the launch of Microsoft-exclusive Titanfall in March was a momentum changer for the console after the PS4 uh, jumped out to an early sales lead. Quote, the change started to happen when Titanfall was released in March. It's been a hugely successful title and the start of what I believe to be is the momentum shift, he told CVG. He says the steady improvements over the last 12 months have helped the Xbox One battle back after a disastrous build-up to launch and a hammering from Sony and the battle for hearts and minds. Eagle believes the doing away of the DRM restrictions and the always-on connectivity, the lowering of the cost after launch, the option to buy the console without Connect, and the monthly software updates has the Xbox One on the right track. Quote, it's the cumulative effect of all of those things over a period of time that has seen this momentum shift for us, Eagle added. We won't stop listening and responding if that means we have to change in the future based on what people are asking for. Then we're completely committed to doing that. Of course, it's difficult to back up everything Eagle is saying right now as the PS4 maintains a sales lead, and of course, it's his job to big up the console's growing momentum. Do you think the Xbox One has turned the corner? Let us know your thoughts below. No. All right. So my thoughts. Uh, number one... World, please be cautious. I, I'm, I'm calling it right now. Harvey Eagle is a supervillain name. This guy is going to turn into a supervillain at some point. Some <laughs> crazy disaster is going to go down at, at Microsoft or whatever, and he's just going to be a vat of acid. It's just going to be poured onto him, and he's just going to be, I don't know, terrible. <laughs> number two, number two um, once he's done destroying the world, uh, I think, is, is it really... Uh, for, first of all, Glenn, I, I didn't get to ask you, is it really true that the Wii U... Uh, is outselling Xbox One? Um, outselling, it has, as far as I know so far, it has sold more units than the Xbox One. I don't know which is selling faster. I think that I think that's also a component of outselling, um, because you know if the Xbox One is selling faster, then well, it's gonna it's gonna outsell the, the Wii U anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know which is selling faster, but right now the Wii U has more units sold. Okay, all right, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just I also. Uh, lastly, I think that if the Xbox One is on a uh, a track, uh, is on the right track to redemption, I uh, that's fantastic. That's uh, another quality machine is a good thing, even for PlayStation fans. It, the better the Xbox One is, the harder Sony's going to have to work to make the PS4 better. That's what I'm talking about. I hate this stupid console war where everyone's like, I want the other company to die. Because if the right, other company that... dies, you are in trouble as far as games exactly. goes. Exactly. Um. Yeah. To tell the truth, I'm sorry. Go ahead, finish up. No, I, I'm done, man. Go. I'm just pretty. I'm just pretty. I, I'm just scared of this guy Harvey Eagle, to be honest. To tell the truth, I, he's just. I really feel like he's just full of it, and he is. He's the marketing executive. His job is to be full of it. But um, it, Titanfall did not do that much for the Xbox One. I'm sorry, it didn't. Oh yeah, that that's what I was gonna ask. That's what I was gonna ask. Uh, you just reminded me. Was there really? A, a shift after Titanfall from everything I've heard is it, it, it just it kind of caused just like a, a ripple. It wasn't really a wave. Here's the thing: Expo- the the Titanfall was available on the Xbox brand. It was not right. exclusively available on the Xbox One. So that means mm. Xbox 360 owners could play it and PC owners could play it. This does not give people incentive to buy an Xbox One. I'm sorry. I can just buy the thing and stick it on my computer. I can buy the yeah. thing and play it on my Xbox 360. Why on earth would I spend $500 to play it on a different device? I'm sorry. Yeah. And it did move some units for the Xbox One. I think it out... No, I don't, I don't know. Did it outsell uh, the PS4 that month? I don't I, think so. I don't so. think no. it did. I think the only, the no. only month it did that was February. Really? I, I thought we were like seven months straight of the PS4. I, I thought this is... 
This month, yeah, no, no, PS- there was there was one month I think either January or February where PS4 um, where, where the Xbox One outsold PS4, and it was because uh, of stock issues on the PS4 side. Mm. I, I don't remember actually outselling. I remember it catching up. I don't remember the month actually yeah, outselling. Yeah, because I, I wrote an article saying it's all PS4 is outsold Xbox One for like its seventh and whatever yeah. its sixth and Yeah, yeah. Was, I, I, I remember this. This there was this one month where there were so many stock issues. That um, something happened. I don't know. I'll, I'll have to look. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what happened. Harvey Eagle Harvey fucking infiltrated Eagle. <laughs> and caused some fucking. I'm telling you guys, be careful. Mark my words. Here's the thing. Harvey Eagle bought all the Xbox. Ones. Exactly. Uh, right. Titanfall did not do didn't do crap for the Xbox One. I'm sorry. It's a great game. Yes, it's successful. It did not. It was not the momentum shift for the Xbox One. And in fact, I think we talked about how there cannot be just one. There is just no way that one little thing, it, one detail is going to turn the Xbox One around. It's a number of things that have to come together to make the console more successful. Um, especially the fact that you're battling public perception here. Um, yeah. And Harvey Eagle. And Harvey Eagle. <laughs> and Harvey Eagle. Um, I also want to address this quote. We won't stop listening and responding. If that means we have to change in the future based on what people are asking for, then we're completely committed to doing that. That's absolute nonsense because, quite frankly, they're listening and responding to the fact that Sony is kicking their butts. Um, the, the people were uh, people were talking about how you know we don't like this and that when the Xbox One was announced last year, um, but they didn't do anything about it. In fact, they argued back. And they said, no, this is how it's going to be. You guys are going to like it. Deal with it. You, you just, just give it a try. You know, they did, not have, they did not listen at all to people. They listened to their money. They, it, was, it was their, I guess, by that token, they did sort of listen to people because it's the people who give them the money. But ultimately, it was like, you know what? We're not selling consoles, so we're going to have to change. You know, I, I don't buy that any of that had to do with... Um, with them listening to their audience. No, it doesn't work like that. They were getting their butts kicked, and so they had to change or they were going to die. And I'm glad they did, because the Xbox One right now, there is one thing I do agree with him with wholeheartedly. The Xbox One is on the right track. It's gone from a anti-consumer device that was all about the money for the developers and for the businesses and the companies to a gaming console, which just blows my mind that they didn't think of it as a gaming console to begin with. Um, but now it, it's a, a pretty consumer-friendly gaming console. Yes, it has slightly less power, but it's they're doing really good things with it. I like the Xbox One as it is now and uh, as it's continuing to grow. It is on the right track, but not for these reasons. And to say that now the momentum shifted and now Xbox One's just going to do better than the PS4 right now, that's a little presumptuous because it still has millions, again, millions of unit sales in order to catch up to the PS4. It's it's not even selling faster than the PS4 yet, okay? It's not even selling faster. Than it, like, that is the one thing that it will have to do to catch up to the PS4 is sell faster than the PS4. If it doesn't sell faster than the PS4, then there is no mathematical, scientific, physical, anything way that it can catch up to it. So it, it, it has to do that first. The momentum has not shifted, but the momentum is shifting, and maybe Xbox One can find a balance so that it can catch up a little bit. And so it can lessen this gap and attract more people to buy the console. But Harvey Eagle is full of it. He is just talking crap. Don't get Harvey job. Eagle angry. He'll go after us. 
I don't know what superpower he has. The power of flight, maybe. Or... It's his job, man. What, what is he going to say? Oh, yep, we're fucked. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like... you know, I mean, at the same time, I think to, to say, yeah, he, he should say something, but I think that this is just treating your audience like they're stupid. It's yeah. like, really, you, you don't think we know what you're doing? Really? Um, again, I'm going to say, I, I am a PlayStation guy. I love PlayStation, but I like Xbox as well. In fact, I'm cons- strongly considering buying an Xbox One very soon. Um, however, I, I'm not stupid. All right? I am not stupid. I can see what's going on here, and I don't take well to being treated like I'm stupid. And I feel like this, this guy is just so obviously full of it just so obviously full of it that I don't I just immediately don't like him it's annoying but um anyway yeah and the whole superpower thing I mean the whole super I don't like him (laughs) we'll get you next time Harvey Eagle next time I'm I'm about to call I'm about to call Batman on him no Um, not Batman there's only one person that can take down Harvey Eagle Kazuo Hirai (laughs) (laughs) Um, anyway, uh, the Xbox One is uh, facing success right now. Last we heard from uh, one of the executives uh, told Edge that it has shipped or sold, I don't know, north of 5 million units, which seven months in is still a really great number. Yeah. Um, so the Xbox One is successful. It's a good console. How do you feel like it's doing? Do you feel like the momentum could be shifting? Do you agree with me and feel like the, the momentum could be shifting at least a little more favorably toward the Xbox One at this time? Um, not really. I mean, it's... I don't know. It's Titanfall obviously did well and stuff, but um, I don't... It's hard to quantify at this point. I think it's a bit too early. Um, it's... I mean, if you look at the head of the... Um, no, actually, no. I'm going to say no. I don't think so, because I think at the end of... I think this year, at least... Um, I mean, it's got the um, Master Chief Collection for one thing, which is yeah. a big release. But I don't, I don't know. I think PlayStation has got a really good, um, strong lineup this um, for the rest of this, the back half of the year and into early next year. And I think, apart from the, um, hey, actually, no, I'm not going to go back on my word Plus. again. <laughs> I don't know. It's difficult, man. It's Plus. got um, sun- what? Sorry, sorry, Mike. Sorry, go on. Oh no, I was just going to say it's got Sunset Overdrive and it's got the Master Chief Collection, which are both going to be those are big releases. They are, and the Master Chief Collection is pretty massive, but. I don't know. I just think um, I think PlayStation's got a really good lineup as well, especially into early next year. I'm not really sure. It, um, no, I, I'm going to sit out. And, I'm not really sure. I can't really say yes or no. I think those games are definitely going to boost sales, but Sony has enough games to um, give it a good jolt as well. I think I'm not really. I, I'm not really sure. It, it's difficult to. Um, it's a difficult one for me. I think if there, if so, the trouble is, so, a lot of games have been delayed. I would have certainly said PS4 if the order hadn't been delayed and things like that. But um, at the moment, it's difficult. I think we're, I think both companies have some good games, like Little Big Planet and stuff in the Master Chief Collection. But I don't really know. I can't really see that being enough to shift things in favour. I honestly don't think until Halo 4 comes along. Or what, is it Halo 4 or 5 are on now? Going to be on now, the next Halo. Uh, it's 5. Halo 5. 5, yeah. Halo 5 comes out. I, I think that's going to be the next major one for Xbox. I can't really see it really shifting a, re- a momentum changer until Halo yeah. comes along, to be honest. I, I think we're going to see some spikes, but yeah. I agree with Mike. I agree with Mike. Two things. Number one, uh-huh. we keep talking about Titanfall like it's uh, like the saving grace for the Xbox One. I, I don't think that's the case at all. Haven't they already announced, haven't they already said that Titanfall 2 will be much yeah. multi-platform? 
I think I've indicated it enough. Right. So for, yeah. forget about Titanfall. I, it's if if it hasn't if it hasn't caused uh, you know the, the paradigm shift for the for the Xbox, then it won't. If 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 Titanfall two comes out and it's multi platform, there you go. Whatever. Number two, I feel like the one that one shooter that would have uh, changed things for Microsoft uh, yeah. is Destiny. And I think that with all the marketing that's been happening for, for Destiny, it, it seems so much more like a PlayStation game than an Xbox game. I really think that if we're going to talk about a shooter that'll, that'll change things and, and really sway the momentum, uh, that's Destiny, man. If Titanfall didn't do it, they just left the door open for Destiny to do so. And if there's no Halo 5 coming before Destiny, I think that Halo fans have got their eyes on, on that game, man. And I think that Sony has done an amazing job of making it seem like you should get it on the PS4. Yeah, I think well, yeah, that Destiny is where it's at. Yeah, yeah. Got so yeah. much extra content on the PS4 version of the Xbox One. Yeah, you, you know. got the extra um, DLC, haven't you, for the PS4? Yeah, yeah. you got the whole new map, a whole ra- extra raid, ships, weapons, armor. Yeah, uh, expansion packs also have exclusive content for the PS4. Not and to mention what? that there's a larger community on yeah. the PS4 because of the more uh, well, there's a there's a larger potential community on the PS4 uh, mm-hmm. because of how many people have it. Mm-hmm. Plus, uh, Bungie's already got PlayStation fans by the balls, man. Oh, they, they gave us that. Uh, they gave us that alpha. I'm sold. I, I know Ben probably is too. I actually ended up playing yeah. uh, with Ben one time. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. But uh, man, I'm sold on Destiny. I, I feel like I feel like uh, hype on Destiny wasn't so hot until Bungie said, "All right, fuck it. Let's just let them try it." Let's just let them try it and see what happens. They, they released that alpha, which was beautifully timed. It was done in such a great way that they just announced it at the press conference. And then a few days later, you could play it. They must have got such a massive influx of players. And I guarantee you that like 80% of those, of those players they got for those, that alpha, are, they're sold. Because um, that game that game's kind of tits. That game is really quality stuff. And like, like I said, um, they did an amazing job of making it seem like it's a PlayStation game, not an Xbox game. And if, and if Titanfall 2 comes back, uh, if Titanfall Two comes out on PS4 and Xbox 360, then what? Like, what are what are we talking about here? It's really going to have to be the Halo. Three Four Three is going to have to come out strong with that next Halo game because you best be sure that uh, Bungie's like pulling out all the stops for this one. And you got to also remember that uh, Halo actually has been dropping in sales since Halo. I think it's Halo Reach or is it Halo? Um, since because. People aren't sort of excited the fact that the new studio is making Halo, not Bungie. Yeah, it's it's dropped down not much. I'm not saying it's still uh, not yeah, it's, it's not a big franchise anymore. But compared to what it was, it's not as big. All right. And further PlayStation news: Sony is considering early access for the PS4. Um, since we were just talking about Destiny, you, you, you guys uh, played the Destiny Alpha, right? I think you said I that. I didn't, but I know a, lot, a bunch of other guys did on the site. Ben, ben did, yep, I know. Don, yep, did yeah, you? a lot of fun. I even played with Ben once. Um, I annoyed him and jumped into his game while he was I didn't even know how you did that. I was actually <laughs> streaming on Twitch. Yeah, no, uh, I, was I, watching your, I was watching you on Twitch and I thought, you know, actually I'll jump into it. Gee, that's fucking <laughs> A, creepy, B, very cool of you. Um, but yeah, thanks for that, man. Because someone, someone joined you, this girl, if I remember, and you guys helped me kick that wizard's ass. It was just a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, that's my friend Jen. She lives in North America. She's, she's a nice lass. Cool. A nice lass. A nice lass. The PS4, um, if this is implemented, the PS4 would have more alpha-like things going on. 
Um, basically, the idea is to release unfinished versions of the game, or, or alphas, <laughs> to use Destiny's terminology, uh, for people to play. Uh, you would pay to be a part of that. Um, I believe Steam uses a style just like this. In fact, the article I'm looking at on Forbes.com, uh, I don't know why Forbes writes about gaming so much. That's a mystery to me, <laughs> because they, they, they're about money, so it, it's weird to me that they have this whole section about gaming, but... That aside, um, they're talking about how this whole thing is Steam style. Um, so, according to Forbes, this early access thing would allow de developers to sell unfinished games in order to acquire additional funding while receiving player feedback and <coughs> ground <reports>. zeros. Um, <coughs> what's that? Ground zeros. <clears throat> what, is, what was uh, ground zeros? Five ground zeros. Oh, okay, well, Ground Zero, yeah, I haven't played that. Yeah, it's essentially a That's demo fine. for Phantom Pain, and they were charging like 35 bucks for it. Just ridiculous, just ridiculous. And as big of a Metal Gear fan as I am, I had to wait till that stuff went on, that game went on special. Anyways, go on, Glenn, sorry about that. I, I bought it day one. Okay. I, I, I went yeah, but I mean, all of your income goes towards these crazy collector's editions. And, and <laughs> I want well, all of the things. Listen, when you live in Montreal, it's all about prostitutes and cocaine, if you know what I mean. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Just prostitutes. Now, now uh, Sony's Adam Boys was speaking to Gamma Sutra when he said, we still at some point ensure that we're being mindful of the consumer. We don't want somebody to stumble across that title and expect a full product and have a negative experience. Um, he also continued later, that's the thing, we live in a different world, there are different types of people, people who always back games, enjoy Kickstarters, try things they know aren't finished but are willing to help make better, and he's right, a lot of games have found success on, on things like Kickstarter, where people will invest money into them even though they're unfinished. The catch is that when you do that, you expect something back. You either get like a copy of the game, you know, either there are stretch goals, there are all sorts of things that make people uh, want to go ahead and, and spend their money on this. These aren't just donations. These people sometimes expect something back. Um, but his quote where he says, we don't want somebody to stumble across a title and expect a full product and have a negative experience when it's just like an alpha instead of the full product. Um, that makes me feel like they're kind of considering doing something like that. What do you, where do you think that, uh, Sony is going with this oh, early access? so much thing? to say. Uh, yeah. Well, say it. That's Sony. What, that's what this Sony. is for. Come, 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 sorry, come closer. Come closer. Come, come. Do not okay. do what Steam does right now with Greenlight. There is so many games out there on Greenlight that shouldn't exist. Really should not exist. They, their think, existence is just... Why? I, I think the execution of Greenlight is where the problem is, Ben, but I think yeah. that the idea of Greenlight is fucking oh, amazing. The idea of Greenlight, but the execution... Uh, if Sony can do it right where everything's got... I know it sounds stupid, but I think Sony has to do a quality check before it gets green. I, I yeah. know that's the opposite. Sony of has that. It's, so Sony's pub fund. Yeah. Uh, I think, it's I know a, that's, oh, carry on. Sorry. No, that's okay. What were you going to say? It's, it's not. It's not the same thing. I know it's not the, the exact same that um, what Greenlight is, but hmm. um, I think that because there's so many. Like uh, there was one game where I heard the uh, invisible enemy zombie thing where you shoot nothing because they don't exist. Right, but I mean that's because because the barrier of entry for Greenlight is a hundred bucks. Uh, I think I think to get your uh, developer's license on Steam Greenlight, it only costs a hundred dollars, down from like a thousand, I think. And when when Valve did that, they had this massive influx of shit, and it destroyed the service. But 
I think all it takes is a higher barrier of entry, like actually, um, you know, a couple of thousand dollars to get your game rolling with Sony, and then they'll they'll post it on PSN and they'll advertise it in their own way. And we've seen massive success stories from that. Um, for example, uh, the indie game that the indie games that came out exclusive, and there's a shit ton of indie games that came out exclusively on uh, PlayStation Network. But like, uh, not to mention like a few like uh, Papa Yo. Uh, Guacamelee, which I really enjoyed. Those those kind of small, really really fun games um, were only possible because of the pub fund. And and I think that the idea behind Greenlight is is fantastic. It's all about the execution. Does Microsoft have any type of uh, indie promotion type of? Yeah, I think they do. It does. They've been doing ID yeah. at Xbox. Okay. Um, they used to be absolutely terrible with it. Like um, the fees were ridiculous. And uh, working with them was a pain. And this is stuff I've been reading from right. developers. How, however, um, they, they've recently started ID at Xbox just last year, I think. Um, so it's, it's actually kind of a lot more like what PlayStation's mm-hmm. doing. Um, except there's been this controversial rule about a parody, parody, a parody clause where um, a game oh, yeah. cannot, won't, it won't be accepted to Xbox, uh, to ID at Xbox if it's been on another Specifically console Specifically PlayStation, like yeah. If it was on PlayStation first, they can't, they don't accept it, which is ridiculous. Yeah, which is stupid. Yeah. It's like, do you want right. to win this or not? Like, even even now, um, ID at Xbox, I took a, I've been looking at some of their offerings, and compared to what the PS4 is doing, it's crud. You know, the, the games are good. I'm not saying the games are good, but I mean, what they offer in total as a package, it just pales in comparison. And I, th- I think that's partly because they've locked out the people who want to go to PlayStation yeah. first. It's like, do you want the game It doesn't really make sense. Do you want it, to it's the equivalent it? of, like, not dating a super hot chick because she dated my rival, Mike Harridan's first. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I'm starting to think that this guy... Has like this one track mind. <laughs> That's all. Like everything has to be compared to that. <laughs> uh, sex runs everything, man. Oh well, you, unfortunately, yeah, you have a point yeah, somehow. Do, um, <laughs> I like how that like his volume went away. He's just like, <laughs> it's like Gary when he says "believe in Gary" like at the end of his podcast. Um, <laughs> Believe in Gary. Actually talks about some of the. Forbes actually talks about some of the pros and cons to this early access thing. Um, I'm not going to read all of it because it's actually a little long, and um, but it is on Forbes.com. He, uh, the, who's the author here? His name is Paul Tassi. Interesting name. Um, he says that one issue is pricing. Uh, how much is the thing going to cost? Obviously, you don't want people having to pay thirty dollars just for the alpha, uh, unless that unless that $30 goes as a credit toward the full game if and when it releases. And that if is a thing, too, because you could end up with a, a money into a bunch of games that never make it past pre-alpha. Um, so I guess the question in that regard is, at what stage is it acceptable to put a game in alpha um, or, or in um, in this early access thing? I keep saying alpha because I guess that's just what Destiny No, no, did. alpha is um, a milestone uh, for, for gaming. Yeah. It is. It is an official thing, but like I, they're calling it early access, so I've been trying to forget. No, actually, what that actually um, is from a, from a from a testing standpoint is it's uh, I forget I forget what they actually call it. The alpha wasn't so much that they needed to test the bugs in the game. Uh, usually, what that is is they do it in house in testing facilities. Uh, they needed to know. Um, 
server load for that game. Then you needed to know how many hours people were going to be pumping into it, uh, how long people were going to be playing, how many people are going to connect to it simultaneously. And from that, they get amazing feedback, just not, not in terms of like what people like and dislike from the game, amazing feedback in terms of how people are going to be playing the game. And then it helps them structure the DLC that they'll create for it, what people will want, what people will want to pay for. Uh, it's actually brilliant. And, and I think more developers should do that. Well, hopefully they didn't monitor me as um, their I'm, main target because then the DLC would just be people dancing. <laughs> I'm going to read this part uh, because I'm having a little trouble uh, translating it in my head. It says, additionally, it's unclear that just because Early Access has seen some success on PC that it would translate to consoles very well. Um, when a PS4 or Xbox One player hears about Early Access to a game, they're thinking about Titanfall slash Destiny-style alphas or betas. Compared to the state most early access games are in, console alphas and betas are much more polished and functional, practically serving as demos rather than actual tests. You might see a few bugs as you play, but compared to the sorts of horrors you will potentially come across during an early access test, it's not even in the same league. A PS4 player might think that getting to play a cool-looking new game early is worth shelling out the purchase price up front, but they may end up being hugely disappointed or feeling misled when they realize what they're getting into. Hmm. I, I, I don't necessarily agree with the, the latter part, but it's very true. The, the console, uh, console alphas are definitely way more polished. I mean, it, uh, PC, PC gamers are used to, uh, they're used to games being released for, for, to, that you pay for that aren't even finished. Like, remember Minecraft? Then there's also Rust and things mm-hmm. like DayZ and stuff like that. Like, these are games that won't be finished for years, uh, but we pay for them now. It's just... I feel like console, I, and I think that's the future. I think that's the right way to go about it. Uh, I think that's kind of what Kojima is doing with uh, Metal Gear Solid Five. It's just that he knew that for console gamers, he had to put out a much more polished product. I think that uh, in a few years, maybe we'll be there. Maybe consoles will be there where, uh, you know, a game can come out on console that only costs $10 uh, a few years before it's 50 I think what's confusing me here is just the way the author's taking this article, because he, he keeps talking about Steam and Steam's early mm. access thing. And um, like he starts with, just because early access has seen some success on PC, it doesn't mean it's going to translate to consoles very well. Then he starts talking about how console alphas are better. And it's like, wait, yeah. you just said that they might not transfer to consoles very well, but I, th- I guess he was talking about right. Steam. Um, and then he says, you know... A PS4 player might think that getting the game early is really cool, but they might be disappointed. It's like, you know, is it good or is it not? Make up your mind, author Paul Tassi. Thanks, Forbes. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Stop writing about games, Forbes. No, um, but I I think what he's talking about, like, he's just comparing this this alpha thing to um, to Steam's early access, and I haven't actually done anything with early access. I don't know how it works, but it sounds like he's saying early access is crap. (laughs) <laughs> uh, long story short, I think um, Forbes is correct. Whereas, con- <laughs> whereas console alphas and betas usually are pretty um, a, a lot more polished and ready to go. Like Destiny's alpha, Destiny's alpha was great. Like you, you might see a bug here and there, but it's not usually that big a deal. Um, so I, I guess the whole point is uh, again, what state does the game need to be in for a console to where? Um, selling these alphas, selling these, uh, quote, early access things is worth it for gamers to buy? Should it be at at this Steam early access level? Is that good enough? 
or um, and pricing comes into that as well, or should they wait until it's polished enough to be like a Destiny Alpha? I don't have the answer to that. I feel we'll get the answer in the coming years with this generation of consoles. I think that's true. I think well, they're they're trying all sorts of new things. Everyone mm. is because, quite frankly, the two consoles are are more similar now than any two consoles have been in any generation. Yeah. Um, so uh, again, it's all coming down to content. It's all coming down to like uh, a tailoring multi-platform games to one console or the other. Um, it, it's it's everyone's trying to find that edge to make their console a little more prestigious, a little more valuable, a little more worth it. Um, and so, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see more new things that we hadn't thought of before. Um, but I guess the the proof is in the pudding, as they say, and, and now I kind of want pudding now that I've said that. But, <laughs> I kind of um, want proof. I, I kind of want proof, yeah. Um, but I guess we'll have to see what, what they come up with. We're, we're still waiting. This isn't the only thing. We're still waiting to see how PlayStation Now will officially be priced and presented uh, when it eventually launches. So uh, Sony's got some work to do. Yep. Oh, and there was that, and there um, was that rumor uh, about PlayStation Now. Uh, that it might just give you access to all of your old uh, purchased games. I think, I think that's amazing. Yeah. That, that, would, that would be amazing. That's one thing, like, w- when PlayStation Now was still known as Gaikai, yeah. uh, people were wondering, well, am I still going to be able to, uh, am I going to have to pay again to get my new games? And, you know, if this rumor is true, you won't. And you know, I, I think I mentioned on the last episode or something, it, you know, it wouldn't have surprised me if they would have said, yeah, you have to pay a little bit. Because even though you bought yeah. the game, you you when you bought the game, you did not buy the service, um, the the ability to take it and go play it on your PS exactly. Vita um, or some like you're you're actually getting an extra service there. That even if you should, you definitely shouldn't have to pay again for the whole game to do that. But you know the service is worth a little more money. But if they were to give it to us for free, hey, I'm not complaining. I just hope it's sustainable. Yeah, for me. and it's the difference between me. Wanting to pay for it or not wanting to pay for it. If if I do, I I would pay. I would pay an extra sc- small subscription fee per month to get my PS3 uh, downloadable games onto my PS4 and Vita. I would. I think it's. I think it's a phenomenal idea. I I would give them whatever the ten bucks uh, a month that they would want. Actually, that's kind of steep. I I want to say that I think that it won't just be download games. I think it'll actually be retail versions as well. How? Because. Uh, I, well, I, can't, I mean, uh, when uh, you, because when you play certain games, it can ask you for the disc to be in the system. Yeah. So chances are, it could also work with your retail titles as well as your download titles. But you just have to have the disc in your PS4 when you load it up. All right. Don't kill me, Sony. I mean, the whole the whole thing is the whole thing is re- revolves around streaming. So um, maybe you don't have to have the disc in your platform. Yeah, no, I think what you Not need to do point. is have the disc in the platform so you can vertify it. So even if you're, say you're loading on your, P- on your Vita, if you put the disc in before you go out and go out and load it up on PS Now, mm-hmm. it'll vertify the fact that the disc's in your PS4 and then load up the game. Damn. Or maybe there'll be well, a one... You know, the, I don't the, think it'll be a one-time vertification because the fact that anyone could then just buy a cheap copy of the game and return it straight away. Yeah, that, that's what I was thinking. To make sure you haven't sold it or returned yes. it or something. So I think you'll be a constant, maybe a twenty, maybe like the old Xbox One, twenty-four hour verification check. But I think mm-hmm. it'll be like because with the current game, like with um, Assassin's Creed, where you had to have the disc in when you upgraded. 
to the PS4 version. I think it'll just be exactly the same thing as that. Oh, is that how PS it works? Did, yeah. you, did you have? To, oh, cool! You had to have the disc in. Yeah, yeah you have to have the disc. Even when yeah. you're playing it, you still have to have the disc in hmm. because my mate. So basically, your your PS3 disc is now your PS4 yeah. disc. Because my mate was uh, my mate came round to start playing it, um, and he he took it out and then he started playing it. And as soon as he started playing, it said, "You have 15 minutes to quit this game, or we'll put blah blah oh, blah." Wow. Oh, I had no idea. That's interesting. Then, hmm. So I can see that being used for the PS Now service, maybe. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I did have a question, but I forgot. Again, don't well. kill me, Sony. <laughs> um, I, I, I have no... I, it was a good question. I was going to ask you to compare something, but I don't remember what it is. Uh, it's like oh, eight well. inches. <laughs> no. <it's, laughs> Okay, um, with Sorry, that, Sam, you sit right into that one. I can see that. <laughs> thank you for thank you for listening to RDGH episode twenty six. I'm going to end this now before it gets. Can I too uh, can I just plug something just before uh, just before we go? Why do I feel like that's a double entendre? Okay, um, it was yeah. a lot of fun podcasting with you guys. I wanted to say thank you so much, Glenn, Mike, and Ben, for having me on. Uh, it was really fun talking to you guys, getting to know you, Glenn. Uh, I wish yeah. I was on more. Uh, we've had some cool conversations today. If anybody listening to this remembers me from my uh, derailed days, then you'd be interested to know that I am actually starting as of this week. Uh, there's a new podcast that's actually live. It's on iTunes that I just started. Uh, it's called the Jump Fox Jump Podcast. That's Jump Fox Jump. Now, I'm tying this podcast into a YouTube channel that I'm starting Um it's, again, the YouTube channel is called Jump Fox Jump. So if you'd like to check it out, there's going to be podcasts up on there as well as podcasts that you can download or subscribe to. There's going to be Let's Play content. Uh, I already have, a, on my first episode, I already have about an hour or two's worth of uh, gameplay with a good friend of mine, Jason Chichola, that works at Warner Brother Games. He's their test lead at Warner Brother Games Montreal, and I have him on the show. So if you're interested in hearing uh, what, I've got, what, what I've got to ask a test lead or just honestly if you guys if you guys think that i've been bad on this podcast then geez give my podcast a listen to it's kind of like the old school uh derailed podcast so if you're interested check out uh jump fox jump on youtube itunes it's also on twitter um and yeah you can always follow me on twitter at don other d-o-n-o-t-h-e-r do you guys do that the twitter plugs yep (laughs) yes oh sorry about that man um eventually (laughs) Well, that's okay. We'll just skip you. Later sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, no. Um, well, yeah, definitely check out Don Oliveira's Empire of Internet Media um, <laughs> at Jump Fox Jump. Also, check out our friend Fraser, the Shapeshifter Miller's YouTube channel, yeah. Smash Gaming Nine Nine Nine, for mo- for more uh, let's plays and previews. Good stuff good there. Time. Um, also, just like our friend the Fonz, check out the La Sombra Files, which is Dane's book. Definitely worth the read. I've been um, reading through it. Um, I'm not going to say anything about the book except two words, Slut Wars. La um, Sombra. <laughs> oh, why did that have to tie in so well? Um <laughs> Uh, leave us a review wherever you're listening. Um, I know we're on a bunch of different places, not just iTunes, but um, if you leave us a review wherever you are, uh, go ahead and send us a link to that. We On Twitter, at the RDGH, we will, re- we will read your review online. And thanks again to our reviewer this week, 
Um, let me pull up your name again. Eric Han 76 thank you for your review this week. We really appreciate it. Leave us some more reviews, guys. We will be happy to read them on the air. Um, if you have any input as to what we talked about today, we, we talked about a lot of cool stuff. We want to hear what you think. It's not all about us. So let us know. Talk to us on Twitter at TheRDGH, and we will discuss your tweets on the air next week. Mike, our muscles from Brussels, how can we speak? <laughs> how can we speak to you? Uh, you can contact me the old-fashioned way. Just the old-fashioned way, I'm afraid. Mike.harridance at PSU.com. Oh, I thought he was, was going to give his fucking address. I'd be like, just <laughs> postage, mailing, anything. <laughs> Might as well, Don, listen hey. to this. Shahid Ahmad came on this podcast and told this man he needs to get on Twitter. He does. And he has, he has not gotten on Twitter oh, yet. Oh, my God. And that was like two, that was like two months Nobody ago. Nobody has told just... Mike. Nobody has told Mike to get on Twitter more than I have. I've yeah, yelled at him. I've cried. Time. <laughs> well, I've just got an iPhone, so I'm sort of there getting into the new age. <laughs> Wait, what did you have before? I had a, oh, some, uh, I had a Blackberry. Apple II PC. No. You had a Blackberry? <laughs> yeah, I don't know, Blackberry. <laughs> Secondhand Blackberry, I might add. Oh my goodness. It's worse than I thought. <laughs> um, no, I know, he's got an iPhone. Uh, it's not. worse than I thought. Oh, oh no. No, I like it, man. I've been just nice. downloading Genesis songs while I've been talking to you. I love my iPhone. You know, the new the new um, Mac OS, Yosemite, is going to connect with your iPhone over the internet, over Wi-Fi. And, and what's going to happen is when your iPhone rings, it's going to pop up on your computer screen. And you can just answer it on your computer and use it as a speakerphone. Wow. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter where your phone is. It can be, like, in another room in the house, downstairs, in the basement, something. As long as it's on the same Wi-Fi network, you can answer your cell phone from your computer. Um, is, the, is the update going to be sad afterwards? Sam? I don't know. Oh, got it. <laughs> no, like, they, they used to do the big cat thing, like Lion and, and Mountain Lion and Snow Leopard and all of that, but now they're naming it after places. Like, the, the, the current version is Mavericks, which is this surf spot in California, I think, and now it's Yosemite, so I don't know what they're going to do. Scarborough. Scarborough. He was a great character, Yosemite, so. <laughs> Liver- Mac OS Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> that was 50% more um, fighting <laughs> yeah, just what we love um, <laughs> oh my goodness Don thanks for being on yeah, just for fun how can how can people contact you <laughs> uh, if you'd like to uh, get a hold of me the best way I'd say is to uh, follow me on Twitter send me a tweet at Don Other I already said it D-O-N-O-T-H-E-R or like I said jump fox jump send me a comment does that have anything to do with Fox McCloud? Nope. What What is this name? I want to hear this name. I, I want to hear the story behind Jump Fox Jump. Uh, just a name that I thought uh, that I thought worked. I also had another uh, YouTube project that was like a pilot show. Uh, it was just kind of like a. It was just me testing the waters of the Let's Play. It was called uh, Don and John Turn It On. Uh, when we were coming up, when we were yeah, it was me and my buddy John who also used to work for another uh, website based in Montreal. Uh, so yeah, we started a Let's Play channel, and uh, we started it with uh, another friend of ours that did some really cool video editing. It was more of like a test pilot. Um, so I got I got my feet wet with that and as for the name Jump Fox Jump we were kind of conceptualizing names that we liked and for some reason uh, Jump Fox Jump kind of kind of stood out to me I, I thought of it and it, it's not really referencing anything but then again who needs to you know like I, I, when, I, when I start the show when is this going to go live by the way what is this one or two days this podcast Wednesday okay cool yeah. so by the time this goes live 
the channel will be there. And you'll notice the intro to the channel. Uh, it's it's just jump, fox, jump. All it is is, and I'm, I'm imitating Snake's voice when I do it. It's kind of an homage to Metal Gear, especially since my first episode uh, of our Let's Play is with Metal Gear Solid Ground Zeroes. All that stuff, all that fun stuff's already recorded. It's kind of an homage to Metal Gear, but even then, it's just a channel name. Don't look too much into it. Cool. Uh, just so you know, I laugh because now after listening to you for the past uh, 95 minutes, <laughs> I kind of expect um, double entendres and innuendo now. And so now everything you say, I kind of have to look at as, hmm, could this be <laughs> um, I call my dick Fox and uh, the, the jump is just okay. how I get okay. it to, to activate. Okay, okay. <laughs> Um, with that truthful <laughs> note, uh, thank you guys for listening to RDGH episode 26, the first episode after episode 25 right. on the journey to episode did 50. Hey, did, we, did we forget someone here on how to contact yeah, Ben? Hello. Huh? Oh, Ben. Yeah, you I, know I guess that I don't guy, get people to contact guy. me. Oh, Ben. Oh, ben. I, sorry, I, ben. I fucking didn't even know you were on this podcast. I thought it was just me, Glenn, and Mike. No, you see, you you know what else? You can't do that because I forgot myself too. Um, so go ahead. I'm just on a whole nother track here. Go ahead, Ben. How can uh, people contact, contact me you? at chili underscore UK or ben.chilabearhall at psu.com. You can also contact me at neogaff at chili. Also, I believe in Gary. Um, ben, you're going to buy a t-shirt that says believe in Gary, right? I am tempted. And people are going to be like, who the heck is Gary? I want to believe in Gary on the front and then at the back, also believe in Gaza. <laughs> if, you follow, if you follow Gary, by the way, um, at Gaglaush, at G-A-G-L-A-U-S-H, once he gets to 100, he is buying one of his lucky followers any video game of their choice, as long as it's not like a collector's edition or something. And when he gets to, was it 400 or 500? Yeah. I think it was 400. It was 500, Oh, well, let's say 500 just to be safe. When he gets to 500, he's going to buy one of his lucky followers a console of his or her choice. Wow. So follow, exactly. So follow at Gaglaouche right now. Um, if you want to speak to me, you can. I promise I'm friendly. I don't bite. In fact, I'm a vegetarian, so I don't bite at all. <laughs> um, you can reach me at goglen underscore on Twitter, at G-O-G-L-E-N-N underscore on Twitter, or you can email me at glenn.gordon at PSU. Dot com. Um, <laughs> and with that, we are done with episode 26. Tune in next week for another great episode from the most racially diverse gaming cast on the internet today. Until then, we wish you a great week, great gaming, and as always, don't be Everybody make sure to fucking subscribe. Subscribe to RDGH. Subscribe to PlayStation Unchained. Tell your friends about it. We, you want this content more. Uh, that's how it's going to grow. Just tell your friends. Tell your fucking parents. Be like, parents, stop what you're doing and download this podcast. Don't be a racist. And just tell your friends, man. First, get some friends and then fucking tell them about this podcast. God! Don't out! <laughs> Thank God for Where me. Where the heck did you get that much oxygen to say that all in one breath? <laughs> Don's already oh out. Peace.